I'd like to read the scripture just to start with. Hebrews chapter 11. There is a bunch of names in here. And many, many in scripture who should be here are mentioned just in the context of who we are, whose names are known because we are walking in faith, even in our generation. So we have the opportunity, I believe, to identify with Hebrews chapter 11 as men and women of faith. And that's what our study is about with Joshua. We might not have the opportunity to go in and take down a city, but we have the opportunity to one step at a time, be the men and women of God, accomplishing his purposes that he has for our lives. And we need to look at this in that perspective, that we're part of this story. We're part of this intention of God. It's not just in these ancient words, but it's today as well. For us, we are writing stories with our lives, with the steps that we take. Think of your life that way. This is being recorded in the analogs of heaven. As Ascana goes, she doesn't know what's ahead, but she's walking by faith. And so all of us are in whatever we find our hands to do, do it as unto the Lord himself with a L-O-R-D in capital, blazing letters, our Lord Jesus Christ. That's our calling. And we don't want to miss that. We want to walk in that way. And all these died in faith. This is verse 13. Without receiving the promises and have seen them and having welcomed them from a distance and having confessed they were strangers and exiles on the earth. Do you feel like that sometime? That you are an exile? That you're a stranger? For those who say such things make it clear that they are seeking a country of their own. And indeed, if they had been thinking of that country from which they went out, they would have an opportunity to return. But as it is, they desire a better country, that is, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. Those are words for us. Those are words for us. And so as we continue to study Joshua, Let's think in that context, okay? Finding rest. We've talked about this, and I haven't explained a lot of what this means yet. But resting is not just laying in your bed, getting the remote and clicking on the button to your favorite, or maybe not even your favorite, but it's just stuff out there on the TV screen. That's not rest. Rest is when you have an assignment. You have a clear understanding that God has something special for you. 
and you walk in faith, knowing that you can't do it in your own strength, and you come to the place, you know what God is calling you to, and you are at peace, not giving up, not just laying around doing nothing, but whatever your hands find to do, do it as heartily as to the Lord. You are an incredible people. And that's not just bribing you or making you feel great and then you go out of here and, oh, pastor really thinks I'm great. Crash, you fall on your face. No. This is God's word and his perspective of you, every one of you who have put your trust in Jesus Christ. That's the call of Joshua, to be valiant, resting, to be fierce, resting, to be called, resting in his goodness, his power, his person. That's the message of Joshua, finding rest. And that's what the Hebrew, Hebrews writer is saying, for if Joshua had given them rest, God would not have spoken later about another day. There remains then a Sabbath rest for the people of God. What does Sabbath mean? What does Sabbath mean? It means a day made holy to the Lord. Holy to the Lord. And we as believers in Jesus Christ celebrate our Sabbath when he was raised from the dead on Sunday morning. That's our confidence. And that's why we gather here to celebrate his Sabbath, his Sabbath rest. For whoever enters God's rest also rests from his own work just as God did from his. That's what rest means. God created the whole world and everything in it. And he even rested. He was at peace. The world was at peace with him. He was the creator. And we are the creation. The work of his hands. Think that way about yourself. Let us therefore make every effort to enter that rest so that no one will fall by following the same pattern of disobedience, we not fail. That we be obedient and that we rest in what he has called us to be and do. Remember, I mentioned being is more important than doing. Being has to come first before you do something. Think about that this week. Maybe you've already thought about it since I mentioned it last week. The conquest of I. Don't say AI anymore. I have been trying to train my brain this past week. It is not pronounced AI. What's the name of the city? I. It's a good Japanese word, yeah. The Lord's plan. And that was their number one lesson after attempting I. It did happen in Jericho 
that there was sin in the camp. And so they lost in the first encounter. But the Lord has a plan. Joshua should have asked him. Joshua commanded them. The Lord said, set an ambush. And then D point was Israel could take the spoil. And why was that? The first conquest that they made, they were told, do not take the spoil. Do not take the silver and the gold. Those belong to the Lord. What did that mean? It means that the Lord is looking for the first fruits. This was the first city to be conquered. And those things that were in the city belong to the Lord. Everything belongs to the Lord. But Achan said, this is mine. I am keeping this for me. And put it in the bottom of his tent, the floor of his tent. And 36 men died because of that disobedience. And much more than that, Israel was defeated because someone did not trust or did not rest in the Lord and his goodness to him. He grabbed it for himself. Instead of putting the people ahead of himself, instead of putting the God of Israel above himself. And that's what our sin is. Every time, that's what our sin is. Self, self, self. Every sin that you can think about has to do with me, 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 me. In the basis of our heart, that is who we are. Fallen human beings. Until Jesus Christ comes in and forgives us for being me and allowing me to come into the likeness of Jesus Christ. Bless the Lord. He looks beyond us and sees his son hanging on the cross and has a way of balancing his anger, his rage for his love and for his compassion on us. And it's all about the cross. All about the perfect Lamb of God for us. And we all know our own hearts and how we need to shed that and allow the blood of Jesus Christ to cleanse us. Daily, that is walking in his forgiveness. Not saying, well, I made a mistake. No, you didn't make a mistake. You made an intentional action because you wanted to. And it means to walk with a listening ear to the word of God and allowing his life to live through you at the office, in your home, on the train. Lord Jesus, I want to walk so that I don't bring shame on you. But I thank you for the forgiveness I have because you died on the cross for me. And I place my sins there. The Lord's plan. Now the Lord said to Joshua, do not fear or be dismayed. And fear is our number one enemy. 
number one enemy is fear. It's not selfishness. Selfishness is only fear that I won't get what's good for me. So everything comes out of fear. But true fear of God, there's a difference between fear of man and fear of losing something and the fear of God. The fear of God sets us apart as he is our only focus and all this other falls away. And fear of man makes us cringe and hide or try to hide our heart from one another. The fear of man, what is the fear of man? It's a snare, it's a trap that gets a hold of you and you cannot get out of it. The fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. Our Lord Jesus Christ is the model, Solomon, the model of wisdom and truth and righteousness. He's our model. You want to be wise? Follow Jesus, walk in his ways. See, I have given into your hand the king of I, his people, his city, his land. God makes a promise, and he knows that that promise is paid for, it's executed, it's for you, for the taking. I have given you the land. The king of I, his people, his city, his land. And then God comes up with a, an ambush plan and says to his commander-in-chief, Joshua, set an ambush for the city behind it. Okay, here is something that I've been uh, interested and looked at and studied a lot this week. You see where it says Bethel up there? And then right underneath Bethel, it has uh, El Matur, which is actually a, a site where they uh, began digging. Actually, a guy by the name of Bryant Wood. And I've read quite a bit about him this week. He was an archaeologist, or is an archaeologist. I think he's still living. And he was the one that said, in answer to many archaeologists who said, the Bible has the story wrong. This story is not right, written in the Bible. Because AI, I, is in this other location where the red spot is, where the brown square, see the jagged black up there, where Mactur is, that is the site of the real I. And the archaeologists and others jumped on the bandwagon and said, the Bible is wrong. It is not something you can put your life and your eternity on. So, Bryant Wood and his helpers, by the way, if you want to go to Israel, I would suggest don't go on a tour. Go to ABR, Associates for Biblical Research. They have an open invitation to anyone that will come for a week or two or a month or a summer to do some digging. And they give you a little wisp broom, a little tiny broom and a stick, and, and you're digging in the dirt for your whole vacation. I would love to go and do that 
for a summer. Really, that would inspire me like crazy. But anyway, read verses 3 to 9. Joshua commanded them. He did it right, and God honored him. And then the ambush in 10 to 23, Joshua went up with the elders of Israel. And this whole story, and I will give you the story of Bryant Wood and the real eye. And it's kind of exciting. This is the first team of guys. Look how old some of them are. I could do that. You could do that. In fact, the gal right in the middle here, she found an incredible piece of pottery that dated I right down to the year of when this happened in Scripture and blew away all the archaeologists. And they've been trying to fight this ever since. But it is a record that God left for us to at least help our faith along the way. And to be able to stand and say, God is the God of his word. We just need to wait enough to see him bring it about and have his people who are seeking the truth and not trying to patch something up to make themselves look like the great professor when in fact they're fools because they ignore God's word. Be sure that we are careful in our faith and don't just take it for granted. Oh, I believe the Bible. Do you read it? Do you trust it? Do you know that you can put your faith on that? That's what God is calling us to be and do as his people. Read chapter 8 for yourself this week, okay? And uh, look up Dr. Bryant Wood. But anyway, the scripture says that I and the king was buried in a heap of stones. And that is what they discovered to begin with and found around here all the evidence that proves that the story of I is true and factual down to the year because of a piece of pottery that confirms this. But we need to learn to walk in faith, not by sight. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you use our feeble lips and minds, and I want to be uh, one who is enthralled with you, knowing you are the true and living God. And what we think that we know, we need to sit at your feet. We need to be people of the word and not try to twist it or turn it to make it fit our thoughts. Thank you for your covenant with your people. And thank you for the blood of Jesus Christ that covers us. Oh, the wonders of the word of God. And we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen.